I just love the music, and I love welcoming you to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. You guys know the show. This is where I usually sit down with the world's top creators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, and I unpack their brains to help you live your dreams and career and hobby and life. And you also know that every once in a while, I change it up, as I'm going to do today. I got something a little bit different for you, but I think you're going to find equal or maybe even more valuable than the normal format. As you may or may not know, I have a YouTube show on my uh, slash Chase Jarvis YouTube channel called The Daily Creative, and that's a show where I sit down and answer questions about the challenges that you're facing. That's right. It's a call-in show uh, answering your questions on your journey of becoming an aspiring, maybe even a professional creator. It's, it's like love line for creators, basically. It's full of like very tactical stuff. It's me sharing my personal stories about the challenges that I've seen in response to questions and along you know your journey. I've generally, in, we're all in this together. There's so many things that we share. And for every time you think you have a question that no one else has, there's probably a million people who have that question. And I'm telling you why I want to do this show today. And, you know, I got off stage at a keynote that I gave not too long ago and several people in line there and the sort of the meet and greet were like, I love the Daily Creative. It's so awesome. You know, how can I get that in audio format? And I was like, you know what? That is a great idea. So in today's episode, I wanted to share a couple of the most popular questions and my answers to them. So you asked for an audio version and I want to tell you that here it is. If, by the way, you like what you hear and you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, why don't you take a, take a visit over there, youtube.com slash Chase Jarvis. And by the way, if you want your question answered on that show, um, there is a phone number you can call. In. I'm going to give you that before we get started. That's 802-962-4357. Leave your question at the beep. And I'm going to start playing my responses or their questions and some of my responses on this show right now in three, two, and wait, wait, actually, before we do a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Chase Jarvis Live Show is brought to you by Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest and best platform for creative and entrepreneurial education. And right now you're saying, wait a minute, isn't that the company that you started? Yes, it is. It is my company, but they make this show possible. And if you don't know anything about Creative Live, you must check it out. It's where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best teach photo, video, art design, music and audio, craft and maker, and the ability to make a living and a life in all of those disciplines. There is free content there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's also more than 10,000 hours of content for you to access on demand. You guys know I'm a huge believer in the power of daily habits. And today, Creative Live, as a part of the sponsor announcement, wants you to know that they have a new, very powerful way to make education a part of your daily routine. That would be the Creative Live iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV apps. They're all free, and they let you watch all of the Creative Live classes that are on-air streaming for free, anything you already own, and on the iPhone and iPad apps, you can watch one daily lesson of your choosing for free. That is one of 25,000 lessons for free, which is super, <laughs> super gnarly. To get those apps, go to the App Store, uh, iTunes, and search Creative Live, or go to creativelive.com slash apps. There you go. Now, let's get into the show. Hey, Chase. My name is Rad from Orlando. I right. wanted to know how you handle it if your vision for a photo shoot just isn't working out. 
whatever you see in your head, you just can't get the lighting to work or the poses aren't working. Just nothing is quite working out, and every tweak you make just isn't making it happen. Do you scrap the idea and start fresh, or do you ask the client what they think, or do you ask your team for help, or just how you handle that situation in general? Mm. All right, man. Thanks. I love this question. And I love this question because it, it's, it's complex, and it's my prescription is based on 15 years of living that exact moment that you're talking about. Now, um, so th this is not just true for photography. That's a really important thing. This is true for any sort of client work. If the client's looking over your shoulder or if you gotta send something, you're on a deadline, all, all of these instances have the same response. Uh, I think f first of all, this is, this moment, what you're talking about right here, this is what it means to be professional. The difference between a great golfer and a professional golfer is the professional golfer, and I don't know why I use golf all the time. I hate golf. I don't hate golf. That's not true. I don't hate it. But um, I do it because it's a weird sort of esoteric thing, and, and maybe being a professional photographer is a weird esoteric thing. But the difference between someone who's really good and someone who does it for a living you might think it's here, but it's really here. Because when you do it for a living, your ass is on the line all the time. And sure, you can make mistakes, but if you totally blow up a photo shoot, and, and if something's, you know, at first the budgets aren't gonna be like this, but if it's a big expensive budget and you blow it, you, you don't get called back. So the pressure can be quite high. And putting yourself in these small moments over and over as an, an amateur or an aspiring photographer, that's what prepares you to, when you're in that moment, you are a master. You know the solution, you can visualize it in your mind and you can get there. Uh, I'm gonna quote some Ira Glass shit. So Ira, Ira Glass talks about the creative gap. That's the gap between the, under, the, the photo or whatever outcome as a creator you can see in your mind's eye and, sorry, and your ability to actually deliver on that. So I feel that if I have enough time, money, and resources, I can make literally any photograph. I, I feel like I have mastered the craft. It came through years and years and years of putting myself in those small, scary moments where I didn't know if I was going to be able to and, and pulled it off by the skin of my teeth. So I wanna, I wanna be sure that I'm not answering your question in such a way that it doesn't actually answer where you are now, but I'm trying to, like that's the goal. The goal is that you, you live in mastery and you're right now on a journey to that end, but that is the goal that you have. And by mastery, this is another really critical point that I maybe should have led with. It doesn't just mean you're good at your craft. This is a really important thing for you to remember. Being good at your craft is one thing, being able to, to master the whole entire set. As the director in a film world or even as a photographer, you have to be able to direct the model to do exactly what you want, and that is an art form in and of itself. How you talk to people, how you motivate them, how you get them excited. You can read people, emotional intelligence, off the charts, requirement for being a great artist, I believe, that helps you. That's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an unsung hero in the ability to get what you want out of a particular situation. You need to be able to motivate, inspire, coach, cajole, um, respond, take in what other people are feeling such that you can master the response that's gonna get the outcome that you want. So it's not just being a good photographer, you need to be able to coach, you know, it's like a symphony, you're a conductor. And the same is true if you're a designer and you've got other designers and you've got a client, like the client presentation. These are, these are aspects of 
being a professional creator that are way unsung, that are hugely, these are the difference makers. These are why you get called back. It's not just the art. The art, absolutely, the work has to be there. That's the first part of it, but that's what I mean. It's just part one. Making great stuff, that'll make the phone ring. Making great stuff and creating a great experience for the client, that makes them come back. And it's the repeat business that's gonna make you wildly successful relative to your peers. So get, hear me right now, get good at, at that shit. Get good at all of the other stuff. Of course, craft first. None of this replaces craft. But people will maybe back off of the, the amazing craft if you have mastery of all these other things because the client, in your case on a photo shoot, they are, they are expecting an experience along, even if they don't say it, along with the outcome. So, um, and the way you do this is you do it over and over and over and over. You actually acknowledge that this is a thing, which most people don't. They're just gonna go in and buy a new camera and nerd out on the gear and the settings and shit. Do not do that. Master all of the stuff around it. And the way you master that is through repetition. So, I, I, this is a huge deal, right? It's, yeah, like, this is, this is massive. This is a, it's gonna be a catapult for your career. I'm super happy you shared it. Um, I'll, I'll go, I mean, one other little tangent, which is to actually ask, to answer the question, because even as a master, sometimes it might be exactly what you envisioned, but it doesn't feel good or the client's not vibing on it. And there's a couple of little ways to think about it. One, generally what you're doing on set, especially if you have a commercial client, is your first goal is to check the box around the photograph that they thought that they wanted, the reason that they hired you. You've spent time preparing, you have sketches and mock-ups and all these things. You need to do what I call is get that in the can. And that's the thing where the client is like, okay, does it have this box check, this, this? Are the, you know, is the product scene nice? Do you, can you see the logo? Are they living our brand values or whatever? And if the client's going, yeah, 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 that's awesome, check, check, check. I believe that, and, and this is my own experience, the best time, the best photograph, the best design, the best, it delivers something beyond the expectation of the client. The first thing you gotta do is get the box checked and then the whole time I'm thinking as soon as I can get the box checked, like I got these other three or four things that I wanna do and it, it, I can't actually think of a time here in, in real time where the photograph that I was able to deliver above and beyond the required shot for the job to check the box wasn't ultimately selected in the final edit process. And that's where when you're a master at your craft, and this is why mastering your craft is the first thing you need to do, not independent of these other things, but you have to get good at that because you can't be thinking about all the settings and shit while you're trying to do all this other stuff. That's why you master the craft. If you're thinking like, what's the difference between the X4, F4, and F5, 6? Or what's the difference between these two brushes in Photoshop? That needs to be just, just, you don't even have to think about it. It's like driving. That when you are in that moment and you're looking for all these little expected things, like the sun is reflecting off that, that building and it's you know putting this really cool glint and you can get that extra, the zhuzh, zhuzh, zhuzh. <laughs> get the extra zhuzh. How do you spell that? Zhuzh is, is, is it's Z-Z-Z-C-H-S-S. I think I'm even saying letters now, actually. I'm saying letters that don't exist. You get the point. I hope you get the point. Master your craft, add the extra something once you've checked the box. Because if you just go for the weird stuff, the client's gonna be looking at their watch like, wait a minute, I thought we agreed you're gonna do this thing. Well, you need to be just like showing the back of the camera or to 
presenting your ideas or your designs or whatever craft that you are in to make a living. Um, is there anything else I wanted to say about that? I feel like there was something, I can't remember it. We're nine minutes in. Hey, I love you guys. I hope you find this valuable. I, I got a quick thought that is, if you're sharing this, it's my hope that the people who you share this with in your network, they look to you as like, wow, that's cool. I got a lot of value and I wanna share that. And this isn't just some ploy for me to get you to share stuff. This is actually how I built my following was I, I found things in the world and I made videos about them, about my learning. I made, I shared anything that I found out with my community. And in turn, the community then said like, wow, the Chase guy, he does a lot to add value and he has nothing really to gain. So rising tide floats all boats. And in, in turn, that creates a relationship with you and the other person who you add value to. So. I am asking you overtly to share this because I believe it will not just help me, but I think it'll help you even more than, I'm, I'm fine, I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna do okay. But I think if you share it, you might get some extra juice from your homie. So Katie called in, left a message on the voicemail number, which is, maybe you can put that in here, or it's 802-962-4357 in case you care. But we're gonna call Katie, she has a question. I don't know where Katie's from. We're gonna find out in just a second. So let's do that now. This is Katie. Hey, Katie, it's Chase Jarvis. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm happy to be talking to you right now. Where in the world are you? Uh, I'm on vacation in Santa Barbara right now. Oh, oh I love it. Please ask away and I'll, I'll want to be as helpful as I can. Go for it. All right, so my first question is, is do you use packages when you're selling for commercial photography? I know you do with like portrait and weddings, but commercial seems to be a whole different ball game. I love this question. If you're out there and you wanna be a commercial photographer, please listen carefully. Katie, definitely do not do packages as a commercial photographer. It will be, it will be strange. It will be strange. I'm glad to hear you have a dog in the background. Say, say hello to him for me. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to provide some context here. Um, there are a, there, the way that I would like you to think about it is is threefold. The first fold is there is a production fee that is associated with the job. The second is that there's a creative fee that's associated with the job. And the third is that it should be your job to find out how to get as much money from the client as possible and deliver that value so they are super stoked. And if you say, oh, it's gonna cost $5,000, and they say, okay, good, no problem. You've done a bad job because what you want them to do is like, oh, wow, I thought I could maybe afford that. I'm gonna have to go back to my boss and, and then get approval because that tells me you're right at that threshold and that is, that's the way I did it and that's a positioning thing so I don't wanna be overly prescriptive but I do want you as that third sort of pillar to find out how you can make as much money from a job as possible. Now I'm gonna go back and go through each of those things. Are you with me? Yep, I'm here. Okay, so the first part is a production fee. And the reason that this is separate from your normal fee, your, your creative fee, whether that's a day rate, or I don't like day rates either. I like to try and just have a, like a bucket that I call my creative fee. Um, but the reason that production is separate is because sometimes they're gonna say, okay, I got a portrait shoot. And you're like, great, and it's one person. And sometimes a portrait shoot is like a group of 25 people. And the difference in how many makeup artists you're gonna need, how much prep time, how many like scouting days you're gonna need to go look at the location. 
Those, all, all those things vary dramatically based on one shoot. It's like if you said, hey, I want you to build me a house. And you're like, great, is it a two bed, one bath house? Or is it a 12 bedroom, 10,000 square foot house? It's still a house, but the amount of work that goes into it is dramatically different. So it's your job to get really, really good at estimating what the production costs of something are gonna be. And the way you learn from that is you ask a hell of a lot of questions. How many people? What time do you want it to shoot? What's the location like? How much is the location gonna be? Do you want makeup and styling? Do you want, is there a, a wardrobe needed? Like, what are the ramifications? Sometimes I need a crane to get above the chute to look down on the, the birthday party or whatever the, the, the concept that the creator or that the ad agency or the client pitches you, you need to create a budget around that of all of the parts and pieces that are gonna be required to make that shit happen. And you can under, you understand the house analogy, right? Like you can build a one bedroom house or a 10 bedroom house, it's still a house, but they're wildly different costs. Does that make sense? Right, Got yeah, it. it totally makes sense. Okay, so you'll also get really good at you'll have a bunch of people that you regularly work with. You know that the makeup artist is gonna be 500 bucks and his or her assistant's gonna be 200 and then you're the prop stylist, you need all kinds of tennis rackets or whatever for this and so you'll, you'll, you'll have go-to people in your network and you'll start to know what their day rate is and it's not uncommon for you to, if you're gonna pay someone $500 to charge, say 600, you mark up their costs and that is a way that what you're doing is you're essentially taking some money for yourself for the process of scheduling and managing that person. So that's what a markup is for. And you can see that if you do that across all these different pieces of the production piece of the budget, that you might be able to make a little margin there. I don't like trying to make a ton of money on the uh, uh, margin on the production um, because it starts to feel a little bit slimy, but you need to make sure that your ass is covered, that everyone's gonna get paid, paid on time, and just do not skimp on the production part of the shoot because what that's gonna, that's gonna reveal itself in the final project. Because if you're trying to, you know, if, well, you can imagine, I don't need to go into the scenarios. If you, start cutting, if you start cutting corners on the production, it's gonna be revealed in the final shot. So what you need to be is really good at estimating all the necessary parts and pieces. And this is something you get better at over time. But it's very important that you keep this part of the budget separate. That's the production part. Then I like to have a creative fee and this creative fee might be some combination of day rate, like I'm $2,000 a day and this job is a five day job, so therefore it's $10,000. But I don't love that. I like to just look at like what the production is gonna be, you know, say $100,000 or $50,000. And yeah, I wanna make sure that I'm getting a couple grand a day, but I also wanna understand like what problem I'm solving for the client if I'm gonna, if we kick ass on this shoot and they're gonna be able to sell, you know, a thousand more vacation packages on the cruise or some other deal, you know that the value they're providing is very high. And I wanna steer you, there's all kinds of resources on Creative Live. There's a, a Chase Jarvis Live that I filmed with Ramit Sethi, which is really good about trying to position yourself in the market. So I think you should, you should try and find out where you fit in, where, in each job, like your creative fee can flow a little bit. And I also, I don't break that down. They say like, well, I can't believe you're $5,000. And you're like, would you, would you trust someone who is $500 to do this work for you? This is gonna be a very important shoot. It's gonna change the trajectory of your company if we really get this right, for example. So 
I think, you know, going back to the top of the hour, I'm going to ask you in a second if you have any questions, but just to remind the folks at home and you, you got a production side, you need to get really good at estimating things and don't skimp on that budget. Then you have your creative fee. I like to try and charge as much as possible. I position myself as a premium thing. I'm not saying that you have to, but you need to be cognizant of that. And don't forget, this is like what I also charge time for scouting. It's not just the shoot days. If I have to go out and look at a location before I go there, I have a scout fee that I associate with the project. Um, I've got the shooting days. I have post-production days where I'm reviewing and managing the product. And sometimes I break those out, but by and large, I try and put the, all that into one fee so that you, you have a little bit of slush to move in there as the job grows or shrinks. So those are the components of it. And notice that it's very different. And I think this is a freaking awesome question. I'm really, really glad you asked it, Katie. Um, because so many people, when you, if you try and package it for an ad agency, you're going to look goofy. So um, before we wrap up, I want to know if you, A, you think I, I gave you most of the info you're looking for, and B, if there's anything else I can help with before we bounce. Yeah, um, my other question was that I just met with a company uh, yesterday in Santa Barbara, and they, they want to be able to work with me in the long run, but they just started. Yep. And so obviously we're asking for any price breaks in the beginning and is that something that you would recommend is if if it's a company i can grow with i really like what they do and i think that they could go pretty far uh, i just don't really know if giving them a price break at the beginning is is going to be beneficial to my business sure if you give someone a price break let's say you it's five thousand dollars and you decide that you would be willing to do it for 500 and their promise i promise you they said this in the meeting yesterday that when we get five thousand dollars it'll be great for you that client, once they put you in that $500 photographer bucket, they will never pay you $5,000. You will be the $500 photographer for them forever because when they get $5,000, they're going to go try and find someone else who used to be 10 and now they might be able to get a deal there. So I do not like that. I would prefer, there's a blog post, you remember what it's called, Finn? Is it like work for free or free or full price, yeah, but say no unless it has two of these three things. Say no, read this blog post on my blog, say no unless it has two of these three things. And it's basically portfolio, price, or an extraordinary opportunity to work on something that's wildly creative. So I don't like underpricing. I want you to go read that blog post. I think it's going to tell you everything you need to know. Okay, awesome. I really appreciate your call. Thank you for being a part of the Daily Creative. Keep spreading the message, and I hope you get a bunch of value out of this. And uh, uh, I would love it if you'd check in on... I don't know, just in a couple weeks here or when you get your first gig or if you have any questions, I'm like laser focused on my social feeds right now. If you're asking me some ats or whatever, hit me up. I'll try and keep following up because I love this stuff. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course. Have fun on vacation with the dogs on the beach there in Santa Barbara and um, I'll cross paths with you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Chase. Bye. Bye. There you go. Finn, let's get into it. Whoa, beep. All right. Play that, play that beep. Hey, Chase. Play that. This is Caleb Kerr calling from Austin, Texas. Caleb from Caleb Austin. Kerr on Instagram. I'm a full-time freelance photographer uh, here in Austin specializing in commercial athletic work. Okay. There's a small market for this work locally, which I am pursuing, but I also want to work with national brands and clients. Great. Cold emailing doesn't seem like the right answer. Assuming I have the skills necessary to do the work, which I do feel confident about, okay. my biggest challenge is getting in front of the right people while geographically distant. Got it. 
How can I reach and connect with brands based out of California, Seattle, or New York while not okay. physically being there? Great. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Great. First of all, Kobe, Colby, Colby, Colby wrote down his question and then he read it. That is not required, but you hear efficient and direct his questions. That was awesome. Um, not required, not required, but Caleb, right on. Sorry, it was, there's a little bit of a kind of a noise in here. Caleb, thank you very much for your question. Caleb from Austin. I love this question. Okay, it's, um, first of all, you talk about Austin like it's in the middle of nowhere. Austin is a very cool up-and-coming city, and you live there so you know that. But just a reminder, there's a lot of people who are in these other markets that want to go there. So uh, as I try and advise, you should be, like, whatever pool you're in right now, try and be a big fish in that pond. So try and dominate that market. That's Yes, there are sort of maybe some limited clients in particular, but I know of some amazing agencies in Austin. So are you on their radar? But I think the bigger question is, is this. Hey, if I want to be in Austin, or sorry, in New York and LA, what are you doing to do that? I mean, you know how to walk down the street and knock on the door of an ad agency and walk in and show your portfolio. In Austin, what, what is keeping you from doing that in New York and in LA? I, no, so cost, you, you could re, you respond to that question with this. Chase, cost, it's very expensive, and I would rather put my money into making great portfolio images. Sweet. The beautiful thing about the internet is it's pretty much global. Last time I checked, there are a couple of exceptions. But I don't think you're in North Korea, and I don't think that that's the place you want business. So you have the internet at your disposal, and you can target through email, through sharing your portfolio, through a lot of um, different mechanisms. You can share your work with those people. But here's what you got to do. Have you made a list of the people who are your commercial photographer, the people who hire people like you, whether that's ad agencies, magazines, customers, that you know, like, like brands, have you made that list? And maybe that's why you're writing in, because you haven't and you don't know that that's the place to start, which is totally cool, that's why we're answering this question. But whether you're, it doesn't matter the market, I would recommend that you make a list of people who are likely to buy your work if you could get it in front of them. Whether it's in New York or LA, what can you do to identify those people and then get in the same room with them? You have to show them your work. You have to be able to say, this is my business right here. This is my shit and it's good and it's, you, you can tell a great story about your work and the best way to do that is to be in the same room. Now, I realize it could be expensive. That's what the internet's for. When you make content, use the internet, sorry, when you make contact, you go to New York, you meet a, as many people as you can, you stay in an Airbnb, and you keep it low budge, you, you, know, you use points on an airline to get there, and then you stay in touch with those people using the internet. Keep sending them new work, um, keep updating, whether with you know, email or social or all those other things, try and get them to follow you on Instagram or whatever your preferred social platform is. This is a very, it's, it seems big, how do I get out of Austin? But when you break it down, it's just like, uh, like London and New York and LA and San Francisco. Those are just bigger Austins. So how do you do it in Austin? Same way you do it in those other cities. You just, it takes more work and you have to be more differentiated and you have to be disciplined. And if you just do the things that I'm suggesting here, you'll have a massive advantage over almost everybody else because your question, frankly, is a popular one. So good question. I hope that helped. And 
update me in a little bit. Leave me a message. I've been calling some people back too. So tell me what you're up to. I uh, hope that helps. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this also. Uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice, please leave a review on iTunes. That helps make our podcast more visible. Last place that you can check it out and, and get some additional value is in my newsletter, which is chasejarvis.com slash VIP. That is where I put content out before it hits my social platforms. So that's sort of the insider track. Leave comments all over the internet for me. I will track them down and respond as best I can. And uh, again, huge thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. I hope you'll join me next time.